All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, comment down below, and of course, upvote the video itself. I'm here with Brantley Sanderson. We're talking a little Lady Rebs basketball as they get ready for the Sweet 16. Um, this is going to air on Thursday, so that would be tomorrow. How you doing, Brantley? Man, I'm feeling really sweet today. <laughs> to uh, go from from 0 and 16 to the Sweet 16, I mean, there's you can't find many better stories in basketball right now than that. So I'm I'm really excited. Yeah, and the whenever I left um, Ole Miss and left Oxford, Mississippi, and moved away, it was 2007. So it was right after that run by um, Carol Ross and our Minnie Price and all those guy girls. Um, to go to the Elite Eight, they eventually got beat by the Tennessee Vols. Tennessee won the national championship, which they were prone to do back in the day. But after that, we hit a little bit of a valley. I mean, all of that happened. Well, I think it was Adrian Wiggins when he came in. Probation followed. And that led to that 0-16 season to where Coach Yo basically inherited a team that was not even really D1 level. And she has slowly built this over time, and they've recruited, and they've done hit the transfer portal. And now you look at them, they're like 24-8, and eight, something like that, give or take. I may be a little bit off. But half of their losses are to top five teams. And yet they're still looked at as an eight seed. They were not ranked during the whole season. This team has been criminally underrated throughout this whole process. And now just might be another step on that journey because I'm assuming everybody thinks that Louisville is going to win this game as well. Totally. I mean, first of all, they were criminally underseeded. <laughs> um, this team is way better than an eight seed. Uh, but I think that's also, you know, it, that probably has just as much to do with uh, how the SEC was just underrated this year. You know, there was a lot of talk that the L that SEC was just South Carolina and LSU this year. Well, anybody that was paying attention knew that there was a lot better teams because, you know, it was just a, a dogfight every single night. Um, and like you said, this team has zero bad losses. I mean, the only one that you might put in that category was the overtime loss to Auburn. But Auburn went to the WNIT, so they're a postseason team. And, you know, sometimes the, the important thing is the team learned from that loss. And you saw them the next time they had an overtime game on an opponent's home court, they won. Uh, and that's what I really like about this team. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, I, I was excited, but I really had no idea how all these pieces were going to come together. Um, you know, like you said, she really hit the transfer portal hard. Um, so there were some new pieces that, you know, you just don't know how, um, how they're going to turn out. But, but they have really, you know, she always said she wanted her team to be playing their best basketball in February and March. And that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and the the one concerning thing that I've seen going forward, and I think this is absolutely correctable and it's going to work itself out, but the team had a tendency to play tight in the fourth quarter, and that happened to get Stanford as well. They made one basket in the fourth quarter for wasn't for good free throw shooting. Stanford might have come all the way back and won that game. Luckily for Ole Miss, the game was in its defense's hands. They needed to defend and make a play, and they were much more comfortable doing that. They did what they normally do, and that is force a turnover, a bad pass, something out of the ordinary for the Stanford Cardinal. And this Ole Miss team was able to pull away, and you could see them almost, almost exhale. 
Brantley, do you think if this in this Louisville game, Ole Miss has a seven-point lead in the fourth quarter, do you think they will tighten up um, even more, or will it be, we see a little more looser team? No, I think, you know, now they've been there. Um, I mean, I, I don't think you can understate how big of a deal that win was to go on Stanford's home court, you know, a, a, a number one seed, a team that has been to the Sweet 16 since, I think, 2008. Um, they've been in the national championship game two out of the last three years. They won one of those. And they had a lot of players still on that team. I mean, <clears throat> both of their All-Americans uh, had all of that experience. You know, they played South Carolina earlier this year and, and took them to overtime. Um, but I know that exact moment that you're talking about in the fourth quarter, I think it was about maybe with about four or five minutes left, you could just see uh, they all, it, it showed on all of their faces and in their body language that it was starting to, the doubt might've been starting to creep in. Um, but whatever Coach Yo told them in that timeout, you know, she, uh, she she pressed the right buttons and you could like just like you said, it was like they almost just excelled. Um, you know, my I think with Louisville, they are a very similar team. Um, you know, the the thing that I liked most about what we did with Stanford is from the tip off, um, we set the tone. Stanford was never comfortable. Um, they did make that little run at the end, um, but I think as soon as they tied it, we went right back down and hit a shot and maintained the lead. Uh, it might have been the only shot we had, the only field goal we had in the whole fourth quarter, but, you know, that's when going 10 of 12 from the free throw line is going to help you. Um, but that was also on their home court, you know. This is going to be in Seattle. Uh, I'm sure Louisville travels well. You know, they're a team that's got a ton of experience. They've been to the Final Four I think, I think they went last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so their players have been there. Um, now I think, you know, what's really interesting, I think if you look back maybe, what, three years ago when they went to the WNIT, you know, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter about how both Ole Miss and Colorado were two of the final teams that went to the, the whatever the WNIT's Final Four is. Um, that experience laid the groundwork for what you're seeing now, which is it's interesting if you look at a team like Duke and Kara Lawson, who I think has done a really good job in the two or three years that she's been there. Uh, they turned down the WNIT invitation last year. They just lost on their home court at the very end of the game. So I think you can kind of see how that experience, you just, there's no substitute for it. Um, when you have that much on the line, you know, your entire season, is on the line at the end of a game like that. You can't simulate that in practice. Um, so yeah, I think the fact you know that they've got that experience to draw on, and and again, I think the SEC. You know, we've got four SEC teams in the Sweet 16. Um, the conference schedule prepared those teams in a way that these other teams have just not seen. You know, the ACC with Louisville, they've had a bit of a down year. I think they only have maybe two or three teams, and they had several teams in the top 25 all year long. Um, so I would much rather go into this game with that SEC schedule experience than, than an ACC schedule experience. Um, but yeah, that they, you know, talking about Louisville, they're very similar. Um, they've got a, a lefty point guard, Haley Van Lith. She was a, a, a honorable mention All-American. I mean, she's really, really a good player. Um, but uh, there's a lot of similarities in terms of athleticism. Uh, they don't shoot a lot of threes, neither do we. 
Um, but we've got players who can make them. Um, and they're just really physical and tough down low. They're not going to you know, overwhelm you with size. They're not a South Carolina or they're not a Stanford who starts, you know, 6'4 and 6'5 and 6'6. Um, so I think it's, I think it's going to be close. I think the, the styles are, are really, really similar. They both like to play hard defense and run up and down the court and share the ball. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see who comes out on top of that. Yeah, what's the road forward for Coach Yo and the Lady Rebs, though? Look, I, w- I was thinking about this earlier today. I can't think of another win that is more important for the trajectory of a program. I mean, the entire basketball world, not just women's college basketball. It was the lead story on ESPN Sunday night. You know, the entire world was talking about Coach Yo. And I mean, you, you can't, you know, the interviews that she gave afterwards, especially when she was so emotional. I mean, when you've got other fan bases who are just straight up rooting for her online, like she, she's really taken this moment and brought people along this journey with her. You know, she's so transparent. She's talked about the struggles. Um, and I think people were really rooting for her to get this win. Um, and players want to play for her. Like, how could you not watch that game and watch her enthusiasm and her excitement and the way she loves her players and and the way her players reacted to her after the game? That's what player, that's the kind of coach that players want to play for. So I think in terms of the trajectory, you know, this just gives us a level of exposure that we haven't had, you know, in the modern era. Um, and, And I think people, again, there were a lot of doubters that after, you know, the, the Shakira Austin, our lottery pick from last year graduated, you know, that to me was the real test of can you sustain this? Is this just a good team or is this a good program? And I think she's proven that this is what we can come to expect now from this program. Yeah. And Coach O had a amazing quote whenever she just said that I was not the first call that Ole Miss made, but I was the right call. And mm-hmm. I love that confidence that probably is enthusiastic to her players. Everybody can sense that. But she's, I mean, the footing that she's in on right now is unbelievably, it, probably not since Carol Ross, honestly, has any Ole Miss women's basketball coaches really been there. But the gold standard for Ole Miss is always going to be Van Chancellor. That era. Um, how sustainable is this and how close is Coach O to getting Ole Miss back to that level? I think we're right there knocking on the door um, where this, you know, going to the second round and beyond of the tournament every year is going to be the expectation. I think what's different now is the parity. And you're starting to see that we weren't the only uh, eight seed that beat a number one. I think actually Miami was a nine seed. They beat number one Virginia Tech on their home court the next night. Um, you know, that that's the first time that's happened. A number one seed didn't make it to the second round, I think, since 2009. Um, so that's just a reflection of transfer portal, NIL. Um, it's just a lot easier to, to build a program and build it quickly. Um, and I think now she's really gotten over that hump uh, with, you know, whether it whether it's the signature win or the attention that comes from it, you know, she, uh, she knows how to use her wins as building blocks for what's next. She proved that last year uh, with the class that she brought in from the transfer portal. Um, I'm really, you know, I, I'm trying not to look ahead because this is so much fun for right now, but 
I'm really excited to see how this, I think it'll be very telling how this translates into who comes in next. Cause she's got a really, really good high school. You know, she's not one of those, she's used a transfer portal very well, but she recruits high school very, very well. Uh, the only freshman on the team, Ayana Thompson, true freshman, she hit three threes in the first half. She was the difference. The halftime score was 29 to 20. That was her, you know, she's been slowly developing all year long. And, and I think Coach O said it, she was just ready for her moment. And, and something that Coach O said before is, you know, she doesn't really get the five stars. She gets the three and four stars and develops them so that they're five stars by the time they're gone. Um, and I think that player development is, is really, really, really key. You know, she's able to take that into recruiting and say, look, like, look at Marquisha Davis. You know, when she was at Arkansas, she might have only started a handful of games. Now she's averaging double figures, and that was only a year ago. You know, so when you're able to take that and show players what you do with their talent um, and how much better they leave, how much better they will be when they leave your program, it's it's hard to it's hard to compete with that if you're in another school. Yeah, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Ole Miss is relevant on that show right now with the hiring of Chris Beard. But if you want women's college basketball, you can go to Locked On Women's College Basketball. We have that show as well. And I'm sure Ole Miss is relevant on that as well. It's Locked On College Basketball and Locked On Women's College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you, Brantley, so much for stopping by. Hopefully next week we can do this again, getting ready for a Final Four. Oh, man, that's the dream. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, take care, buddy. All right, thank you. Thank you.